tonight, our topic, this is our third session, by the way, and third session of From Revival to the Great Awakening. And our topic tonight is our authority in Christ. Our authority in Christ. And because this is such an important subject to the body of Christ, we will uh, learn authority in several sessions, in several sessions, not just tonight, okay? So tonight I will just lay down some foundations, okay, on authority, and then we'll move from there, okay? So our authority in Christ. <clears throat> we have, as the body of Christ, authority on the earth that we have not fully realized yet. But I can imagine that a portion of the body of Christ have already been using that authority. Okay, and what we need is more revelations on that, more and more, so that every one of us will operate in the authority of Jesus Christ on the earth. Okay, so okay, so authority. Uh, I'm. Uh, Kenneth Hagin Sr. once prophesied, before Jesus comes back again, there's going to be a whole company of believers who will rise up with the authority that is theirs. They will know what is theirs and they will do the work that God intended they should do. Now, I am believing we're part, our group, is part of that company of believers who will know the authority that is ours and we will do the work of God in these last days. Is that an amen there? No? So we'll define authority first, okay? One definition of authority is this, legal power or a right to command or to act. That's one. Legal power or a right to command or to act. The other meaning of, of authority is delegated power. That's easy to remember. Delegated power. When you say delegated, I've always heard that word. But the meaning of delegated is sent with a trust or commission to act for another, okay? Now, I will apply that to a famous verse that we all know, the Great Commission, okay? Let me read it. Matthew 28, so we will understand it more. Matthew 28, verses 18 to 19, it says there, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, we all know this. This is Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who has all authority 
in heaven and on earth. Okay. Now, Jesus, the King of all, sent to us with a trust and a commission to act on his behalf. Okay, that's the meaning of delegated power. Imagine the King of Kings who have authority over everything in heaven and earth sent us with a trust and commission to act on his behalf on the earth. That's marvelous. That means he gave us his authority to use on the earth. Okay? The, this authority is not a property of a select few Christians, but a true possession of every child of God. Okay? It belongs to the body of Christ. It belongs to all of us. Okay? So that means... no. The so-called fivefold ministers, like the apostles, the prophets, uh, evangelists, pastors, teachers, do not, I will reiterate this, do not have more authority than you have. Okay? They don't have than you have. Each of us, in fact, have the authority of Jesus Christ himself. Okay? May you meditate on that. You have the authority of Jesus Christ himself. He gave that to you. you uh, and that authority, okay, has jurisdiction, according to this verse, over heaven and on earth. That's how wide and how powerful the authority you have right now. Even if you do not feel powerful, okay, the truth of the matter is you have Jesus' authority, which has jurisdiction over heaven and earth. Okay? That takes a lot of meditation, okay, for it to come to pass. Now, look at Ephesians 1.3. Ephesians 1.3 is very famous, but we will connect it. It says there, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, how many blessings did he give us? You can unmute yourself. Okay. All. Did you see that? We have been given all. All. Spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Okay? Now, one of those blessings is the authority of Christ. Okay? Now, some Christians may know this, may believe on it, and enjoy it. But other Christians may not know this, know this reality, so they are not operating in it. You cannot operate in something you do not know. Now, in Habakkuk, it says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Okay? If you do not know what you have, you cannot, uh, you cannot operate in it. So one of the blessings 
is authority. And no one is more powerful, no Christian is more powerful than the other. No Christian is more blessed beyond someone else. Okay? We all have the same inheritance. Is that very clear? So the authority we have, we do not need to even compare ourselves with other Christians or even people of the fivefold ministry and, um, and say to ourselves, oh, they have more power and more authority. No, everybody has equal power and equal authority. Okay? So it doesn't matter if you're young or old, if you're female or male, okay? Or if you're intelligent or not. Authority is the possession of every true believer. Okay? And it is the highest authority in the universe. Okay? And you have it, guys. You have it. All right? Now, if God is bringing us to a place of awakening and to a place of revival so we so the world can be touched through the body of Christ the body of Christ today need to realize that we are all spiritually blessed and that we all carry the authority of Jesus Christ amen now remember this okay remember this it is truth acted upon which brings godly results. Okay? I'll say it again. It is not what you know. It is what you apply in your life that matters. Okay? It is truth acted upon which brings godly results. All right? Now, although authority belongs to all the children of God, the devil doesn't want the people of God to find out what belongs to them. You know why? Because once a child of God knows his authority, and once he knows what belongs to him, the devil knows he will enjoy victory over him. And he will no longer be dominated by the devil. So this is very important, okay? That we have revelation knowledge of how powerful we really are, okay? We have been given the authority of Christ. Now, I want you to look at another verse, Philippians 2, 9 to 11. We always quote this. Okay. Philippians 2, 9 to 11. Okay. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven, of those on earth, and of those under 
the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Look at how powerful the name of Jesus is. Okay? That at the name, everything will bow down. Amen? Everything will submit. We all know that. In heaven, on the earth, under the earth. He has the name that is above every name. Okay? Now... I have good news for you. Look at Mark 16. Okay? Don't forget that. We'll tie it with Mark 16. That powerful name. Mark 16, 17, 18. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. What name? The name that is above every name. Okay? In my name. The name where every, every knee will bow down. In heaven, on the earth, and under the earth. It says here, in my name, they. Who are they? The Christians. Okay? In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. What a wonderful promise. They will lay hands on the sick. Does that, does that include people who have coronavirus? Yeah? That includes people with coronavirus, correct? Or any other plague or cancer, correct? Jesus said, in my name, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Okay? They will recover. What is the promise every time you lay hands? What is the promise? You can unmute yourself. What is the promise? They will all recover, correct? They will recover. Who said it? Jesus, correct? Jesus yes. said it. No. That's why healing always comes. Did you know that? When a believer who has faith lays hands on somebody, healing always comes. But you will ask me, then why are not all healed? <laughs> correct? Why are not all healed? It's simple. Because not everybody has the faith to receive. That's right. Not everyone has the faith to receive. Something's happening in their lives. They might, they might be depressed, downcast, whatever. They might be afraid. They're enemies of faith. Remember? That's our lesson last week. There are enemies of faith. All negative emotions, all negative thoughts are enemies of faith. Amen. And the enemy, that's why the enemy bards us with negativity. That's what he does. So that the faith that we have will not rise up. Everyone has faith. Can you imagine? Everyone has faith. So it's a matter of meditating on the word that God gave. And not doubting the word. Jesus said, in my name, you are authorized. Can you imagine? You have authority to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Imagine that. 
No, it doesn't matter how you feel or what you it doesn't matter if you're physically weak or strong. Amen. What matters, you carry the name of Jesus. The authority is in the name. I want you to get that. The authority is in the name. Amen? Yes, yes. Yes. I, I heard that voice again. Yes. You know, I remember, I'll just tell you my testimony for a while. I just remembered it. When I was a very young Christian, I was very young, and uh, I already told you at a very, I was two year, two year old Christian when I went to seminary, okay? I was the youngest, youngest Christian in seminary, and that was masteral level. And I was trying to learn everything. I was trying to learn everything. And one day, Okay, one day, I was also in the ministry. I had ministry then, but I was very new, okay, neophyte. One day, I was uh, walking at a big mall in our metropolis, okay? Then there was this Catholic nun around, uh, later on, I found out he, she was 86 years old. There's this Catholic nun who was... Uh, crossing my path and she was limping okay she was limping and once she she came up in front of me i started to limp the way she was limping then she was walking away and i noticed myself i was walking the way she walked so i asked my friend no was uh, older in me in the faith i said what's happening with me and she said well, you're having a word of knowledge. It's the lowest form of word of knowledge where you actually feel the other person. So I said, okay, so go pray for her, I said. And then, you know what she said? No, because the word of knowledge came through you. So you must pray for her. So I was, at that time, I was terrified, okay? I was terrified we were in a public place, okay? It's a public place, and at that time, at that time, the Catholics and the born again were having this tremendous strife in the Philippines. So if I come to a Catholic nun, well, I could not imagine, okay? So, and, but I begged her, I said, please, please, you know, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do, and she said to me, no, but the gift is, is uh, coursing through you. You had the word of knowledge. It's God. God chose you to pray for her. So I was praying and I was praying. For five minutes, I was praying. And then he reminded me of a verse. Remember the verse? I did not write it down. Remember in Acts 3, at the gate, beautiful. And Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. That's Acts 3, 7. And God reminded me of that. So I went up to the, I went up to the nun, you know, and then I said, uh, do you feel pain in this area? Of course, I was feeling pain. And she said, yes. And then, uh, can I pray for you? 
And then oh. all of a sudden she said, "Why are you a healer?" She said, and I started to panic, you know. I thought because I was a young Christian. I said, "No, no, no, no! I'm not a healer. I'm not a healer." I said, "But I will pray for you." I I said so. Uh, and then she permitted me. And then I quoted the verse. I just quoted the verse. Can you imagine? I didn't feel powerful, okay? I was terrified. I quoted the verse and I said, Silver or gold, I have none. But in the name of Jesus Christ, be healed. And immediately, my pain was gone and her pain was gone. Wait. Yeah. For a while, my battery is now. And you know what? She got healed immediately. She got healed immediately. And guess who was more surprised than she was? I was more surprised. You know? And all of a sudden, this there's this crowd coming because... She was a mother superior. Can you imagine? She was a mother superior. And all of a sudden, they saw this mother superior got healed. And there was this crowd moving and people were getting there. And I was just a baby Christian. And when I saw the crowd, I ran. You know, I ran, I ran out of there. But then I proved, no, I proved to myself, no, that it's not me. It's the name that I carry. <laughs> It's a name that we all carry. Can you imagine? Amen. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it, just, it just takes revelation. Amen. It just takes mm -hmm. revelation. Because a Christian who is convinced, full of faith, in the authority of Christ, can do anything in his name. Why? Every knee will bow down to that name. Every sickness, every disaster. Amen? So I think it's high time we, we obliterate coronavirus out of this earth. Amen? Don't you think so? Don't you think so? Amen? Amen. Now, You know, some people will say, oh, you're, you're bragging, you're, uh, you're boastful. No. There's a verse that says, we don't boast in ourselves, but we boast in the name of the oh, Lord. Yeah. We boast in the name of the Lord. Yes. No. So it's the name that carries the power and the authority. And it will produce results through a Christian who believes in the authority of Jesus. Okay? So, uh, look at, it, it's, just, it's just amazing how uh, the authority that was given to us. Look at Ephesians 6.12. In Ephesians 6.12, it is said, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. 
Now, we are not fighting men. We are not fighting governments. We are fighting evil forces, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual hosts of wickedness. Now, even if we read that, even if we're fighting them, we've got to remember always, we have the authority of Christ over them. We have authority over principalities, rulers of darkness, okay, powers, spiritual hosts of wickedness. We have authority over them and the things that they influence and the people that they influence. Amen? Mm. We have authority because evil forces are now using people and they're using situations against God and his purposes on this earth. Okay? But we are the ones who are authorized, amen, to resist him and to defeat all his works. Now, Look at 10.19. I will show you a verse. Look 10.19. In Luke 10.19, it says, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. Now, we all know it's not talking about literal scorpions and serpents there okay we all know jesus is talking about demonic forces so it says here i give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you okay this is a fantastic truth in the bible we have authority to crush trample to crush the enemy to dominate over all the enemy. That's what it says here. Over all the enemy. All of it. All of them. Whether principality, power, or rulers of darkness. Why am I emphasizing this, okay, tonight? I have to emphasize this because, unfortunately, there are teachings in the body of Christ, which I already heard and have been taught also, there are teachings that says that there are specific group of demons that we cannot fight. Mm -hmm. That there are demons who are a lot stronger than we are. Okay? And I heard that teaching, and some Christians believe on that. That's why they're afraid. They are afraid of doing healing and deliverance and going to places. Amen. Because once they know that there's a stronghold of the enemy in a certain place, they get afraid. Why? Because there are teachings that says that there are certain demons that are more powerful than, they are, than we are. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Okay. That is not biblical. That is not true. Amen. And because Jesus Christ already defeated them all. 
Amen. 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 Now this is this is the this is this is important because as long as you believe on that on that lie on that deception you will always be defeated by the enemy always there will always be in your mind a situation that you cannot overcome why because they are more powerful and more stronger than we are that's not true that's not true jesus already brought satan to nothing according to hebrews he is now brought to zero. He has been disabled over the Christians. The only power he has right now in authority are over unbelievers. But we have been redeemed. Redeemed from the dominion of darkness. That's Colossians, if I remember. We have been redeemed. Okay, I'll, I'll look at it. I'll just give it to you so it will be clear. Okay, Colossians. I think one, if I remember it right, Colossians 1, 13, Jesus, he has delivered us, past tense, from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. So we are completely delivered from the powers of darkness. That's why we can crush them. That's why we can defeat all their works today, okay? And that can be done by the authority of Jesus Christ in us and through us, okay? It doesn't only say we can dominate the enemy. It says there, I'll go back there, we have authority over all their power. Wow, all it's a blanket <laughs> uh, privilege <laughs> and honor and gift. I don't know how to uh, describe it, no? But I'll read it again. It's just amazing. I give you authority over all the power of the enemy. All of it. Every name that is named on this earth. Every calamity, every sickness, every work of darkness. Amen. Amen. And it says here, I, I don't want you to forget this. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Amen. So if, Amen. You, so if you carry the name of Jesus and overthrow the enemy, he has no right to hurt you back. Amen? And if Amen. he has no right, we can <clears throat> bind him. Later on, I will teach you more about how to bind him. Amen? We can bind him. Bind means to bind is to forbid, not to permit him. We have that authority. Okay? I will tackle that in another day. Okay? But this is fantastic. I'm saying that because... Um, uh, when I go to places, no, when I go to the mission field, even even Australia, no, even Australia, when I go to the mission field, and sometimes sometimes God leads us into strongholds of the enemy. Some Christians are afraid to go with us. You know, 
they're afraid to go with us because they say, oh, there's this principality there and and we should not wake them up or something. We should not, you know, and, and that's a lot of, you know, that's a, unfortunately, even old Christians have that kind of mentality, have that kind of perspective. Amen. I know that because I've been moving around in the mission field and I've been with very good Christians, even old in the faith, or even afraid to go to places because they think there are strongholds there. Okay? But we carry the name. And when we command in that name, when we use that name to act and to command, the demons have no choice but to submit. Amen? Amen? They have no choice but to submit. In fact, sometimes I make a joke no, to our church that demons are more obedient than Christians. But I won't make that joke anymore <laughs> because we want Christians to be obedient. Okay? But it's really true. You know, it's really true that they just plainly obey because they know. They know who are the anointed ones. They know who are the people who are in faith. Amen? Remember, remember the one in Acts where I just remembered it now. Uh, the sons of Sceva, remember that? Uh, they were trying. They were trying to cast out a demon, but be, but because they don't know Jesus, and they were trying to cast it out in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preached. They did not even know who Jesus was. You know what happened? The demons just, you know, they just overpowered them. But demons know the church. They know us. We, they see the Spirit of God in us. Amen? They know we are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's just a matter of using the authority that we already have. Amen? Amen? That authority was not given to the governments of this world. You have to understand that. But if you are a government official, in a, but if you're a government official, wow, you have tremendous influence in the government. But I have to say, you know, the, the authority that governments have does not even compare to the authority that Jesus has. And we have that authority in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? Okay. So, we have, okay. So, let's be careful what we believe and what we say. Let's be careful on what we believe and what we say. Why? In Matthew 9, 29 it says just write it down in Matthew 9:29 it says according to your faith let it be done to you that's a spiritual law it's a spiritual law whatever you believe it will happen to you so if you believe a lie the lie becomes a reality in your life even if you're a christian 
Okay? So the experiences of other Christians are not the basis of our faith. Amen? Amen? You know, uh, when we were teaching, when we were teaching healing in our, uh, in our church, you know, some people would say to me, but I know of a pastor who died of sickness. You know, sometimes we, we do that. We try, we try uh, to, how do you say that? We try to fit the word of God into situations. It should not be that way. We should fit situations into the word of God. Situations, experiences, is not final authority. Final authority is what God says. Amen? He has the authority, and the Word of God is the final authority because you cannot separate God and His Word. You cannot. Amen? You cannot separate it. Whatever He says, it, it was said by a king. And whatever the king says, that's absolute truth. Amen? So the word of God is absolute truth. Amen? So even if our experiences does not come up to what the word of God says, amen, it doesn't mean we have to change the word of God. We have to change us. Amen? We have to change us so that the Word of God will become manifest in our lives. Amen? So, so be careful. No? Mark, in Matthew 9.29, it says again, According to your faith, let it be done to you. And in Mark 11.23, it says, He will have whatever He says. That's how powerful our words are. Okay? It's a spiritual law. You will have what you say. Amen. And it's not the one you say only once a week when you're in church. It's the one you say every time when you're pressured. When a problem hits you. Amen. When you're squeezed with circumstances. Why? Because the one that comes out of your mouth is the one that you really believe at that time. Amen? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When you squeeze a lemon, what comes out of a lemon? Lemon juice, right? Not apple juice. So when you squeeze a Christian, whatever comes out of that Christian's mouth is what is in his heart. So it is very and vitally important, amen, that we always feed on the Word of God, the absolute truth of the Word of God, amen, so that when circumstances come, what comes out of your mouth? The Word. It is written in the name of Jesus, you know, like, like yesterday I was looking at Facebook, Wow, when you look at Facebook, haha, you know, there, there are some good things in it, but there, there's some negativity, you know, mostly negative. You see negative things. 
and they're already saying there's another there's another sickness brewing in China. They're already saying that, mm. you know. And if you're not careful, if you're not careful, fear can enter your heart. Mm. So when you see news like that, what do you do? Replace it with the word of God in your mm -hmm. thoughts and in your words. Amen. Amen. When somebody will say, oh, the plague will come in our city. What will you say? In the name of Jesus Christ, not in my house. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, I forbid it to come in my city. We have to do that. We have to do that. Why? Because the authority was given to us. So we have, again, authority, no? We have the right to command evil spirits and they will obey. We have a right to act against all powers of the enemy and they will be destroyed. Now, is the devil causing trouble for you at every turn with temptations and trials? Well, good news is you have the authority in Christ's name. You have the authority in Christ's name to give the devil a hard time here on the earth. Amen. It's time to turn the tables on him. Amen? Amen. It's time to turn the tables on him. And it is the church that has been invested with authority to overpower him. Amen? Amen. To defeat him. Now, remember this. Authority has been given to you to destroy the works of the enemy, to, to restrain him from working, and to build the kingdom of God. Okay? I'll say it again. Authority has been given to you to destroy the works of the enemy, to restrain him from working, whether in your personal life or family or nation or city. And you have been given authority to build the kingdom of God. Okay? We have been authorized to deliver and set the captives free. We've been authorized <laughs> to heal the sick. We've been authorized to raise the dead in Jesus' name. It's time to meditate on this truth because there is a dying and lost and confused and fearful world that is waiting for the church to rise up at the end of these days. Amen? So we are saved. According to the Great Commission, we are saved not only so we can go to heaven. We are saved because we have a divine assignment to do before Jesus comes back. Amen. There is no retirement in Christianity. Amen. Abraham was called when he was 75 years old. The promise was fulfilled when he was 100 years old. Amen. Nobody in our group is one. Amen. Amen. That's good. Ekehart, you have more. More works to do. Amen. We need more evangelists. Amen. So look at 1 John 4 4. 
I have another point, okay? This is paradigm shift. If you know me, I love paradigm shift. 1 John 4, 4. You'll be surprised, no? You'll be surprised. These are basic foundational teachings on authority. And yet, so many Christians are not walking in it. Amen? Because we have to act upon it. We have to obey it. We have to obey the word. Believe the word, obey the word. Believe the word, obey the word. Believe the word, obey the word. So that we can produce godly results, powerful results. That's what we need. We don't, we don't need more revelations. We need to obey the revelations we got already. Amen? Amen? Because God will not add more if we do not apply. So, look at verse John 4.4. 4. It says here, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So, John was talking to Christians, and he was talking about people under the power of the enemy. And can you imagine this statement? He's, he said, Little children... You have overcome them. Isn't that past already? It's past tense. Even before we fight, we already have victory. Now let that sink in for a moment. We already have victory over the enemy. We don't even have to try to overcome them. It says in the word, we have overcome them. How? When Jesus Christ died on that cross and resurrected after three days. He has overcome, he has overcome them. Amen. And he has given us his victory and he has given us authority. So what's the authority for? Why are we fighting them? We are not fighting them to overcome them. We are fighting them to enforce the victory of Jesus Christ. We are fighting from the position of victory. Amen. Amen. That's different. A lot of Christians are fighting to win. That's wrong. We are already winners. Amen. Jesus has already won. We have Christ's authority. It's just a matter of enforcing it. Amen? Enforce it. Why do we need to enforce it? Because the enemy is a lawless one. He, has, he is lawless. He does not follow God. Amen. Even though he's defeated, he is still roaming around this world, creating chaos and destruction. Who will stop him? The body of Christ. Amen. If we do not stop him, nobody can. You have to understand that. If we do not rise up at this time in life nobody will ever stop him in our families in our cities in our nations amen that's why 
now you understand this Old Testament scripture. The Old Testament says, If my people shall humble themselves and pray, and what's, what, what was that? And pray and turn from their wicked ways. Wicked ways. Yeah. And etc., etc. And then he says, And I will heal their land. If you notice, it did not say, if all the people of the nation. It just said, if my people. The destiny of Australia is in the hands of Christian Australians. Amen? Amen. It's in the hands of people who love Australia, like us. <laughs> okay? It's in the hands of the body of Christ. We need to exercise that authority for the will of God to be done on the earth. Amen? After praying, we need to pray. But after praying, we need to exercise. We need to enforce. And I will say something no, that needs to be understood very clearly. And it is this. The only authority Christ has on this earth is through his body. Yeah. I'll say it again. The only authority Christ has on this earth is through his body. Okay? Why? Because we already read it. Because in Matthew 28, he immediately transferred all his authority to the church before he went and ascended to heaven. Amen? It is a partnership. It is a partnership with God always. And I will talk about partnership later on. It's always a partnership with God. Okay? And Christ's authority has to be activated through the body of Christ. No other place. He is the head. We are the body on the earth. It's amazing, okay? I'll, let's, let's think about this in the natural. Because the Bible uses the human body as a picture of the body of Christ, okay? Now, I will ask you a question. How much authority in this world can your head exercise apart from your body? Physically. Physically. Hmm. Physically. Think about it. How none, much authority? None. none. <laughs> Correct? None. It silly. Yeah. You cannot exercise authority up. The head cannot exercise authority apart from his body, correct? Mm. Yep. Jesus spiritually is the head. We are the body. So he exercises his authority through his body. And the only authority Christ has on this earth is through the body of Christ. Amen. This has to be 
this has to be, uh, uh, how do you say that? Uh, planted deep in the heart of every Christian. Yep. Because sometimes we think, oh no, it's up to God. And God is saying, no, it's really up to you because I'm, I've given everything to you. Okay? It's not us waiting on God. You've got to realize, God is waiting on us. The body. Okay? How do you call a body that does, the body doesn't move, only the head? A quadriplegic person, correct? God is not coming back to a quadriplegic body. He's coming back to a powerful, anointed, glorified, ay, full of glory, manifesting the glory of God, body of Christ. Okay? He's coming back for a glory, a glory, uh, how do you say that? A glorious bride. Yeah, that's how you say yeah. it. Coming for a glorious bride. Not someone who is afraid, weakling, sickly, okay? Powerful. So, I want us to get this tonight, no? Men of faith and boldness have used the authority and power of God in Scripture. We see, we see their stories in Scripture. There's Moses and Joshua and David. And you see the likes of Paul and Peter and John and James. But, it has to dawn on us that the baton has already been transferred. Okay? This is not the time of David. This is not the time of Paul. This is the time of Ekehart, of Nigel, of Lailani, of Lois, of Carol. This is our time. That's why we now have not only the anointing, we have the authority together. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. So, uh, I'm looking at the time. Okay, I'm looking at the time. I have 40 minutes. Okay, that's good. Now, look at this. Uh, I have time. Okay. First Thessalonians 5.23. Now, let's make it more practical, okay? First Thessalonians 5.23. Okay. It says here, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you or set you apart completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? So, this is Paul talking about the church and God wanting us to be set apart completely. Where? In our whole being. Did you notice that? Whole spirit, soul, and body. That means 
we are three parts, not two parts. That's very important. We are, spir we are spirit beings. That's who you are. You're a spirit woman. You're a spirit man. Okay? Absolutely. You have a soul. That's just part of your being. You have a soul. Mind, emotion, and will. And you have a body, which is your house. So the real you is your spirit man. That's the one. That's the one that got born again. Okay. <clears throat> the flesh part is your soul and your body. Yeah. Okay. Now that's very important because we've got to begin to recognize who we are in the spirit, not who we are in the natural. Mm -hmm. That's very important. Who we really are in the spirit. And we've got to learn to differentiate our struggles and our sins in the flesh. Yeah. Okay? Because our struggles, usually, we struggle in our soul and in our body. Mind the world and the okay? Now, I want you to picture this, okay? If we have to learn to rule and reign with Christ in the authority of Jesus Christ. We have to do it not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Mm -hmm. It's very important at this point to realize that we are spirit beings. Okay? And all our struggles are in the soul and in our body. Mm -hmm. Now, you liken your your uh, I, I say it this way, no? I say it this way. Your spirit is the king, is the king. Your soul is the servant and your body is the slave. I'll say it again. Your spirit is the king because that's who you are. All right? Your soul, mind, will, and emotions, those are your, your servants. They should only follow you as the spirit being. And your body is your slave. Okay, remember Paul? He said, I buffet my body. I make it do what I want it to do. Remember? And then remember King David? He said, oh, bless, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Who is he talking to? He's talking to himself. He's talking to his soul. Oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Why? The soul is just a servant. You tell your mind what to think. You tell your emotions what to feel. And you tell your body what to do. You are in charge, your spirit. Because if it's the other way around, okay, even if you're a Christian redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, even if you have authority of Christ, even if you have anointing from the Spirit of God, but if you let your body dominate you, you will be carnal. Correct? Yep. You will do sinful things. Am I right? Amen. Now, if you let your soul dominate you, when you feel depressed, you won't <laughs> pray anymore. Correct? <laughs> Yeah. You won't meditate on scripture, right? Mm -hmm. 
So yeah. it is dangerous to let the other parts of your being dominate you. If you want to dominate the devil in Christ's authority, you have to learn first to dominate your being. Amen? You have to learn first to dominate your being, your soul, and your body. And there's an easy way, okay? This is not a struggle. The easy way is this. What is the food of your spirit? What's the food of your spirit? The word. The word. So if you feed... So if you feed, feed your spirit with the word of God, saturate it, feed it night and day, it will grow and it will dominate your soul and your body. Okay? For example, if a Christian is feeling condemned, okay? If a Christian is feeling condemned, he did something over and over and over and over again. And then he asked for repentance. I, he repents and then he asks for forgiveness. He does it again. He does it seven times, 70 times. And because he does it over and over again, what happens is the enemy will condemn him. The enemy will put guilt on him. Yeah. Okay. condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's it. I, I heard it. What you do? Get the word of God. No, you say you to the say. devil, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Flee from me in Jesus' name. You have no right. You have no right to, uh, you have no right to trouble me in my spirit, to trouble me in my mind, to trouble me in my body. You have authority. Amen? You have Amen. authority. Remember, no, we did not go there anymore. But remember Adam. Adam, when he was created, remember he was created in the image of God. And then the Lord gave him dominion. Remember? Have yeah. dominion over the fish of the sea and so forth and so forth. And then he said, and God blessed them, he said. And then he said to him, uh, multiply, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. You know the word subdue was already a warning. Did you know that? That was a warning. It was, God was already telling him there is something you need to subdue. But you have authority and you have power. Okay. And then he put him in a garden. And in, and in uh, Genesis, the Lord said, God put Adam there to, to tend it and to keep it, to guard it. He was supposed to guard his garden. Unfortunately, when Satan came, what did he do? He entertained him. That's what he did. So instead of casting him out of the garden, he obeyed him. See? Okay? So, 
It's so important. With the authority that has been given to us, we need to use it over our personal lives. We need to use it over our families. Amen? We need to use it over our cities, over our country. There's no one who's going to do it except there's no one who is authorized to do it except the body of Christ. Yes. Yeah. Okay? So, I just want to say that you've got to feed on the word. Amen? And there's another thing. Okay, there's another thing. I want to follow Paul at this time. Look at Acts 19. In Acts 19, he, he came to Ephesus. And in verse 2, this is what he said. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. So apparently these people have not been baptized in the Spirit yet. So it is right for me to ask at this time, Are you all baptized in the Spirit? Yes. Making sure. Okay. Are you all yes. baptized in the Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues? Yes. Amen. Okay. Yes. Now, I'm just making sure because if not, we're going to have one-on-one -on -one session. All right. Mom, so, are you baptized in the Holy Spirit? What, Lois? <laughs> anyway, <Yeah. laughs> uh, if that is the case, this is, if you want to grow and if you want Wow, look at that. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I, I see that, Carol. <laughs> yeah. So if, so if you want your spirit to dominate, number one is feed on the word every day, day and night. Meditate mm -hmm. on it. Okay, so that your spirit will grow, grow and dominate. The other one you can find in... Praying in the Spirit. Where's that praying in the Spirit? Jude. I think Jude. Jude. Who's praying in the Spirit? This one in what was the first one that you said? Feed on the Word. Feed on the Word. What was the scripture for it? Ah, I did not give, but uh, the one is the Joshua 1 8 and in Matthew, Matthew 4 4. Okay. And what, sorry, the second one? Matthew 4, 4. Matthew 4, 4. And, for, and Joshua 1, 8. And Joshua 1, 8, yeah. Send you a note. Build yourself in this. Huh? I'm looking for a verse, wait. Building yourself uh, in your most holy faith. Praying in the Spirit. 
Do you remember that, guys? Praying in the spirit. Yeah, praying in the spirit. Praying without ceasing. It's in the New uh, Testament near the back somewhere. It's in John, but I cannot find it. Or Jude. Uh-huh. Oh, there. I found it. Jude. Jude 20. But you, beloved, building yourselves up. That's it. That's the key. Build yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So, do not only feed on the Word. Set aside a time, perhaps perhaps 20 to 1 hour. You know, you can start 20 minutes or whatever during worship. Set aside a time praying in the Spirit. Because it's... It says there, it says there, you build your spirit when you pray in the spirit. Your spirit, okay, what happens to your spirit, it becomes more sensitive to spiritual things. You will be able to hear God more accurately when you start praying in the spirit. Amen? So you can start, some people start 10 minutes some people start 20 just be consistent just be consistent again carol this equation um six verse 18 as well in jude no ephesians ephesians pray at all all times in the spirit yes praise god that's ephesians 6 Verse 18. Amen. Ephesians 6, verse 18. Thank you, Carol. You're welcome. It's good so in those, the amplified. So those two things, that's very important. Okay? Especially for Christians. If you know of Christians who are struggling, always struggling with, with emotional things or uh, physical things, mental things, it's important that they saturate themselves with the word of God and start praying the spirit every day. Yes. That way your spirit man will dominate, oh. will grow up, build up, and then oh. you'll be more sensitive in hearing the Holy Spirit accurately, more accurately, more specifically. Okay? Be- because in order to exercise authority, you've got to hear from God. Amen. You've got to hear. You've got to uh, hear the specific commands of God. Were to were to exercise that authority. Amen. Because it's a partnership. It's a partnership with God. Christ. Christ will. Uh, he need. He, Christ needs partners. For His will to be done on earth. And that takes sensitivity in the spirit, my friends, okay? Sensitivity in the spirit. That's so important. Not not always. Okay. Uh, Okay. You have to understand. Remember last time, I'll just reiterate it. Remember last time, there is mental faith which comes from the mind and there's supernatural faith which comes from your spirit. Okay? 
those are two different things. Most of the time, I no, this is no condemnation. I've seen it already. Most of the time, what's operating in the Christian is their minds, not really their hearts or their spirits. It's not revelation knowledge, okay? It only comes when you spend time with God. The more you spend time with God, the more you clearly hear His voice. The more you spend time in the Word of God, the more specific you will hear the Holy Spirit. Okay? Like I said in the first lesson, it must be combination, both spirit and word together, always together. So this is a matter of building your spirit now, okay? Now, there's another one that I will recommend for us, okay, for this boot camp. Remember, did everybody read Ephesians already? Maybe a show of hands. The book of Ephesians? Amen. Okay, now, since you read it, I will ask you now to pray one of the prayers every day for yourself. It's found in Ephesians 1. Look at it. Ephesians 1, 17 to 23. And then Ephesians 2, 1 and 4 to 6. 4, 5, 6. Again, Ephesians 1, 17 to 23. Then chapter 2, verse 1, and verses 4, 5, 6. Now, you pray. This is an anointed prayer. This is a prayer that Paul prayed for the efficient church every day. Okay? And now, I want you, all of us, to pray this prayer for ourselves. Personalize it. Like this, look at verse 17. This is how you personalize it. You say, Father, the God of, you are the God of my Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. May you give to me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Let my eyes of understanding be enlightened. Let me know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? So personalize it, okay? Make it your personal prayer to God. And you will be surprised because it's asking for a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Okay? And because of that, God will answer. God will give you wisdom and revelation on all of these things, okay? Pray that, begin to pray that, and then, and then next week we will study this, okay? Because it's all about, this is all about the glory of God and the authority of Christ. This is wonderful, okay? And so, but begin to pray. Just begin to pray for yourself regarding this every day. Can you do that? Okay, can you do that? Amen.